Hola mi gente. The moment you've been waiting for is finally here. My brand new book, Financially Lit, is officially out. And I can't wait for you to get your copy. Inside this book, I'm bringing you culturally relevant and relatable personal finance advice that will allow you to finally feel seen, heard, and understood. Whether it's the guilt you feel from being the first person to make it while members of your family are still struggling, or the way that financial trauma manifests itself in negative and limiting beliefs around money, Financially Lit is here to guide you through it all. Just a few years ago, it was almost impossible to find personal finance books written for first-generation wealth-building Latinas. We have been forced to navigate the complicated world of money with a bunch of money books written by old white dudes who don't understand what it's like for us first-gen kids. But that stops right here, right now. Inside Financially Lit, you will learn how to set boundaries with your familia, with your dinero, create and pass on generational wealth, diversify and increase your income, protect yourself from financial abuse, navigate the complicated relationship between amor and dinero, invest like a white dude or better, and so much more. You can get your hard copy and audiobook version of Financially Lit at financiallylitbook.com and make sure to join our email list so you can find out when I'm stopping in a city near you for the Financially Lit book tour. See you soon. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I want to start off this episode by encouraging you, if you have not bet on yourself, now is the time. I want this to be the sign that the universe has been waiting to send you that right here, right now, it's time for you to stop fucking playing games, stop playing small, stop with the excuses, stop with the I can'ts, or it's never going to happen. We're not starting the year off with that nonsense. Any of those toxic things that you've told yourself in 2023 that have kept you small, I beg of you, toss that shit in the trash because it's not serving you. It is not serving you. You're listening to Yo Quiero Dinero, a personal finance podcast for the modern Latina. I'm your host, Janice Torres, award-winning Latina personal finance expert. I didn't always have my financial shit together, but when I started looking for POC-friendly personal finance podcasts, I couldn't find any. And so Yo Quiero Dinero was born. On this show, I'll show you how to make dinero, how to keep your dinero, and most importantly, how to make it grow. Each week, I'm connecting you with the most brilliant minds in the world of money and business, so you can learn about investing, entrepreneurship, and building wealth. The best part? I'm dishing up all this knowledge with a sassy side of sazón. So if you're ready to be poderosa with your dinero, you've come to the right place. Let's dive in. Before we hop into today's conversation, I want to remind you to follow us on social. If you're loving this podcast and you want more community, you want to find out more about our events and all the stuff that we have going on behind the scenes, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and everywhere else you love to hang out on the internet. If you're loving this podcast, please take a moment to leave us a review if you listen to us on Apple. 
It's the easiest way to share our podcast with people that you know and love, and it helps us get discovered by amazing listeners like you. So take a moment, leave us a review, share us with your friends and family, subscribe so that you never miss an episode, and make sure to check out our blog, YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com, where you can sign up for our email list and you'll never miss an episode. Plus, you get exclusive invitations to our live events, special discounts for our digital courses, and as always, our best personal finance tips and advice to help you be poderosa with your dinero. Thanks for listening. Now, let's get into the episode. Hola, mi gente. I am so excited because I'm kicking off the new year with a solo episode live. Super excited. Can you believe it? We are in season six of this podcast. Like, holy shit. I will tell you that when I started this podcast in 2019, in my closet, literally sitting on the floor, talking to my iPhone, I could have never imagined that it would lead to me being able to quit my job, me being able to earn more money than I've ever earned before, getting a book deal like y'all. By this time next year, you're going to see my book in the background. What? Okay, so I want to start off this episode by encouraging you, if you have not bet on yourself, now is the time. I want this to be the sign that the universe has been waiting to send you that right here, right now, it's time for you to stop fucking playing games, stop playing small, stop with the excuses, stop with the I can'ts, or it's never going to happen. We're not starting the year off with that nonsense. Okay. So any of those toxic things that you've told yourself in 2023 that have kept you small, I beg of you toss that shit in the trash because it's not serving you. It is not serving you. So before we hop into the Q&A session for this opening episode of season six of Yo Quiero Dinero, I want to do some housekeeping so that you guys are aware of everything that's going on because there's a lot of stuff happening in the Yo Quiero Dinero world right now. First and foremost, January 8th, I am hosting a free live class. I don't do this often, but I always like kicking off the new year with a free live class because everybody's just got the energy of the new year. They want to harness their potential. They want to stop playing small and making the excuses that they made last year. So I'm kicking off 2024 with a free live workshop about how you can elevate your income with entrepreneurship. I want you to get your spot. All you have to do is go to the Instagram bio link, or if you're watching this on YouTube or listening to this on a podcast, check out the episode description. The link will be there for you to sign up for Elevate Your Income. That is happening January 8th, 2024, live on the internet at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. And you can get all the details by going to either the episode description or the link in my Instagram bio. So that's number one. Number two, my book, Financially Lit, is officially available for pre-order. The full title is Financially Lit, The Modern Latina's Guide to Level Up Your Dinero and Become Financially Poderosa. This is the first personal finance book that has ever been written specifically for the Latina community. This doesn't exist. And for the first time ever, you're going to be able to walk into a bookstore and literally buy a book about money that was written for you. If you're a first-gen kid, if you're the first kid to go to college, if you're the first kid to get six figures in your career, the first kid to work in corporate, the first kid to become wealthy, the first kid to want to build wealth, this book was written for you. I will say 
without a shadow of a doubt that this is the hardest thing I've fucking ever done in my life. But when I tell you how proud I am of this body of work, I really do not have words for how impactful this book is going to be. When I tell you I put so much content in this book because I did some market research. Market research is part of what you're supposed to do when you are going to write a book. You have to basically see where the gap is in the market so that then you can fill that gap with the book. Let me tell you, there's a lot of personal finance books out here that A, were not written for you unless you were a white man with privilege. So that's number one. But secondly, even a lot of the books that were written by women do not come from the first gen Latina lens. They come from white women, which I would argue have just as much privilege as white men. Even though they're written by women, they're just kind of out of touch. And so I kept encountering that over and over and over again. Why is it that nobody has written a book for the biggest population in America that is of a different ethnicity other than Caucasian? I'm like, why is this not a thing? When I was pitching the book to the publisher, I was like, there has to be Latina in the title. I don't want people to be confused about who this book is for. Because a lot of us be picking up all these random books out here in the world, and then we read them, or we try to read them, and they're so fucking boring and so irrelevant and so not relatable that it's just like, you feel like this conversation is not for you. Like money's not for you. Like wealth is not for you. It's absolute bullshit. And that is why I wrote this book. I see a question here in the comments. Will it be available in Spanish? Hells yes, it will be available in Spanish. I literally just got the email from the publisher giving me the contract stating that in addition to it coming out in English, and it's going to be audio version as well. It's going to come out in Spanish. I'm so excited. So yeah, stay tuned for all of that. But right here, right now, you can absolutely pre-order your copy because it comes out April 30th, 2024. All you have to do is go to financiallylitbook.com. You can order from your favorite book vendor. I definitely encourage you to support your local indie bookshops. Support this book, y'all, because at the end of the day, like if we don't support the work in our community, this shit's not going to happen. Order some copies for your friends and family, okay? If you're the only one that's been talking about money in your circle, like it's time to fix that. I need you to pre-order a copy of this book for everybody in your circle because if you don't, basically what's going to happen is like nobody's going to write books for Latinas and people of color anymore. And who wants that world? I don't want that world. Grab your copy, y'all. Grab your copy. So that's all what I have for the announcements for this season opener. Now I'm going to go into Q&A. Okay, so let's start off with this first question. This one is from Jen Montesino. How is the house you put an offer in over the summer? Let's talk about that, y'all, because if you've been following me for a little bit, you will see that I put in an offer on a house. I was going to buy a house this year. This was one of my bucket list things. And then as the chaos ensued, that is home buying, especially here in the state of Florida, where the home prices are, they've gone up more in Florida than anywhere else in the country because of the pandemic and because of remote work and all of that. So I made an offer on the house, you know, scheduled the inspection, did all of that. And the inspection came back with about $50,000 worth of things that needed to be repaired. And this was like major structural stuff. We're talking sewer line replacement because there was tree roots in the sewer line, uneven foundation that they tried to just cover up with new flooring, roof issues. Like it was just chaotic, right? So none of that really freaks me out because I'm like, yeah, every house is going to have issues. I really, really like the house. So I went back to the seller and I was like, I'm not going to buy this house knowing I'm going to have to put 50 grand into this. So I'm going to need you to lower the price by 50 grand. And these people were not budging. I found out later that they were first time flippers. They had invested way too much money in this house to even make it profitable. So that they were very much like, no, we can't lower the price because basically we're not going to make any money. And I was like, well, I'm not going to buy this fucking house. 
because ain't nobody got time to be overpaying for a property that you already know you're going to have to sink 50 grand into. So I pulled back my offer. You know, we made a line in the contract that said that the offer was contingent on the inspection results. The inspection results were not satisfactory. So I said, give me my deposit back. And so I went about my life. And after that experience, I was just like, you know what? This is not what I need to be doing right now. I have other things that I want to accomplish financially. So I'm just going to find a new place to rent and go with that. Now, I want to say like two months into me having canceled the contract, the realtor got back in touch with me. They were asking, would you reconsider putting in another offer? Because the house is still for sale. Mind you, I made this offer in July. This house is still for sale. They've had to lower the price several times. Nobody's buying it. Why? Because when you do an inspection and you have these negative results, you have to disclose that as the seller. Now that they know that all the shit's wrong, they have to disclose that to anybody else who makes an offer. Basically, moral of the story, what's happening here in Florida is that a lot of the homes are being overpriced. They're not selling. They're sitting on the market for six months or more. I see that as sort of a prediction of what's going to happen in 2024 when it comes to housing. The housing market prices are finally catching up with the interest rates. And people are basically saying, well, I'm not going to buy at these ridiculous prices. I'm here for that shit because what's been going on is highway robbery. There's another property that I looked at. The starting offer was $550 this past summer. It just sold for 393. So that's what's happening. I see price cuts happening everywhere. I see homes that are literally on the market for months, no traction. And so if you are a home buyer or a aspiring home buyer for 2024, have some patience y'all because things are going to resolve themselves. They always do. In the meantime, stack your cash, start a side hustle, make that deposit even bigger so that when you are ready to buy, you have extra capital to deploy. You want to have what's called an opportunity fund. You want to have some money just sitting aside waiting for a financial opportunity. Right now is the time to get ready for that shit. Okay. All right. So that's what happened. So basically I said, fuck it. I'm not buying a house this year. I'm going to rent. And so I just moved in the beginning of December and I moved in with Bay. And it's been amazing. And we love this house. It's incredible. Three bedroom, two bath, huge backyard, fully renovated. I have the kitchen of my dreams and I don't have to deal with no bullshit because it's not my house. Like the other day, prime example, we had a really bad windstorm here in Florida. Half of the fence blew over by the driveway and I just had to text the landlord. I mean, hey, your fence is on the floor. Might want to handle that. And so, you know, he's having to orchestrate that from Maryland because this is where the landlord lives. Shout out to the renters out there. You're not making a bad decision to rent. Honestly, right now, I've looked at a lot of analysis from, you know, economics reporters and there is a lot of data to support the fact that it's actually cheaper to rent right now than it is to buy a home. The equivalent home will cost you more per month than it would to rent that equivalent home. So rent and save your money. Don't have to deal with no bullshit. Don't have to deal with 9% interest rates. Don't have to deal with, you know, repairs and chaos and overpriced housing. Go live your life and invest the difference of the money that you'd be spending on all the bullshit that comes with buying a house because it's not cheap. I just finished renovating my bathroom in Puerto Rico in my condo, $7,000. It's something I wanted to do, something I was financially prepared to do but you know sometimes i think about damn seven grand like i could do some fucking damage with seven grand i could do some serious shit with seven thousand dollars i have a nice new bathroom all right that's cool but you know it's not all it's cracked up to be sometimes so don't let nobody get in your head about oh my god you're stupid if you don't buy a house like that's an old narrative that doesn't serve us anymore we don't live in that time where you know people could buy homes on minimum wage and get pensions and all types of shit this this is not your abuela's land anymore this is a new a new time and we got to do new things Okay, so next question from my girl, Wealth Para Todos. First question is, what are your latest income streams and which is your favorite? 
So these income streams change every year, y'all, just because I get bored or I get curious and I want to just explore different ways to make money. So right now, my main income streams are number one, my blog. This is display ads. So on deliciouslights.com, I actually just hit the 100K income mark for the, again this year. So this is the third year in a row that my food blog has made $100,000 in passive income. Shout out to the internet. It's amazing. So I have that. I have affiliate marketing, which I do both on my blog and with Yo Quiero Dinero. I have podcast ads. So if you listen to the podcast, you'll hear ads. I do get paid for that. This year was incredibly lucrative. I want to say we pulled in like almost $200,000 in ad revenue for the podcast because we got some really major sponsorships. So that was amazing. Speaking engagements are another income stream of mine. My courses, my digital programs. I do consulting for companies like I was hired last year to do consulting for an insurance company that wanted to start like an influencer marketing division. And so I was basically explaining to them like how that whole industry works and how they can set that up. I'm about to have a new income stream with the book royalties, but I have to out earn my advance for that first. I do private one-on-one -on -one coaching, very limited. So you have to apply. And if you're found, you know, to be an eligible candidate, I do that. Airbnb. I do have an Airbnb in Puerto Rico. And so that's been cool. Like I want to say that Airbnb has made me already like almost eight, $9,000 this year. And I didn't even set that up till like June. So that's like about half of the year. I think that's it for now. Which one is my favorite? I have to say, which is wild at this point, because I never would have thought that like this would be a favorite thing. I really love the public speaking. I really love going to people's events and like talking and it's crazy. I mean, I also do public speaking virtually. I'll do like workshops and stuff for ERG groups and corporations and whatnot. So that's fun. I just like interacting with human beings. And I think the part of it is that I do work from home. And so like a lot of the work that I do is kind of just in this office by myself. So when I get to be out here in the streets with all the people that listen to the show and just like all the fans and followers, it's like so fun. I'm going to Washington DC for one next year and working on a couple more. I think the Iowa State University is trying to fly me out for something. I'm like, Iowa. I'll go if you're paying me. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I'm like, that's not a place I would have ever imagined going. But here we are. Okay, next question. How did you know when to hire help? This is a great question. And the answer is very simple. When I was burnt the F out, okay, you get sick of just feeling exhausted and like there's not enough time in the world. That's when I said, I need to hire an assistant. I started with somebody who could support me with social media. And so I hired right from my Instagram followership and we were together for almost like two years. And now my sister works for me. My sister is actually my right hand. She does all of the back end stuff. So like creating content for marketing new programs, coordinating the podcast recordings to be edited and posted. And she writes the blog posts for the podcast and a lot of different stuff. So she's amazing. I literally would die without her. But yeah, you hire help when you realize there are more things that need to be done than you are actually capable of doing. And a lot of the times it's like stuff that you really should not be doing. Hiring help is so important for you to actually be able to scale your business because at the end of the day, like you do not need to be spending hours writing emails, doing administrative bullshit. Yes, it all needs to be done, right? 
You need to have your books in order so you can file your taxes. You need to nurture your email list by sending, you know, newsletters and doing all stuff. But do you need to be the one doing all that shit? No, you need to be focused on making money. This is a business and the business needs to make money. And that's your job. All the other shit can be done by somebody else. So that's how I knew it was time to hire for help. Next question. Do you create SOPs for your business? Hells to the yes. If you don't know what an SOP is, you have not worked in like a manufacturing or some sort of regulated industry. So SOP is standard operating procedure, and it is essentially a document that explains a process. I used to write SOPs as an engineer for all types of new like manufacturing processes that I would be part of designing. I hate it, but it's so important because when you want somebody to be able to replicate a task, you want to have it written down. You want them to literally be able to read step-by-step step what it is that you need them to do. And this is what an SOP does. So I have an entire onboarding package in my cloud, my business cloud that has all of the processes that we use to do different things in the business. And that's something that anybody who gets hired on my team gets trained on because at the end of the day, I as a business owner cannot waste my energy having all the things stored up here for then someone to get hired in my business and then I got to sit down with them for 12 hours for three days explaining to them how shit works. That's not efficient use of your time. So take a look at everything that you have in your business as far as like processes, things that happen and figure out a way to proceduralize them. Whether that is creating a Google Doc, whether that is recording your fucking task and then like transcribing it, do it. It's a game changer. You need to do that before you hire. Point blank. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Do you have any OBM recommendations? So OBM stands for Online Business Manager, and that is somebody who usually a course creator or a digital like program, you know, creator or a coach, somebody who kind of manages like the back end of their business, all the technological stuff. I don't have an online business manager because I worked with a company to kind of design all those processes for my business. So like I have automations for my courses and like email sequences and all that stuff. They designed all those things. So I didn't have to like retain that as a position or as a service in my business. Everything's pretty much built out at this point. And like anything new that needs to be built out is basically like a copy and paste of an existing process. So I don't have any personal recommendations for an OBM that I've used, but I believe that Ariana Rodriguez, who was on the podcast and also one of my clients, I want to say she offers that as a service. So go to arianarodriguez.co. If she doesn't personally do it, she can definitely recommend someone to you because she works with a lot of course creators. Okay, Lucia. Hey, Lucia. How long did it take you to figure out your systems to run your business? So 2020 was definitely the solopreneur year of building Yo Quiero Dinero. By mid-2020, I was like, I need help. So I hired somebody in June after really going in on the podcast starting in January. As far as like figuring out systems, I would say like 2022 was definitely the year of systems. So we spent like a year between me and the companies called the Brand Vibe. So they were the ones that I hired to basically create all the processes in my business that would take off a lot of shit off my plate. It took about a year. And I think that's realistic. For most business owners, it's not going to 
to, it's not going to be an overnight thing that you like figure out how to make everything happen efficiently in your business. A lot of the times you're going to need to hire somebody to kind of look at things from that outside perspective and just get insights on that. So I would say like give yourself six months to a year to like really figure out your systems on how to run your business. The first thing that you need to do is write down everything that you do in your business, right? Because if you don't even know like what procedures you need optimized, there's no reason to hire people. I think it's important to first understand all the moving parts of your business, write them down, whether that's like drawing out a line, right? Like a timeline of like, this happens, this happens, this happens, some sort of Gantt chart, whiteboard, whatever tool you want to figure out everything that's happening in your business and then identify which ones are the least efficient and which ones are not worth investing in and maybe just like eliminating because there's that too. Juliana Londonio. Hey girl, I just talked to Juliana about my VIP coaching program. This is for business owners who are in the five-figure your range and are ready to scale to six. You want to find out more about my scale to six VIP coaching program. It's a one-on-one -on -one program that's four months long. All you got to do is DM me on Instagram and I will tell you all about it. Okay. So Juliana is asking, how do you increase leads and finalize deals for public speaking? Increasing your leads from a public speaking perspective is a multifaceted process, but essentially you want to first make sure that you have a very clear niche, right? Because as a thought leader, somebody who is a speaker is a thought leader. You have to be very clear on like what it is that your expertise is. So getting out there, making content, starting a podcast, you know, starting a YouTube channel, you need to create some sort of avenue for people to get to know what your vibe is. Like, what are you about? That's one way to start that lead generation process. Networking is also really important, right? There's a lot of people in your circle who might know somebody who is looking for a speaker. Corporations hire speakers all the time. The ERG groups, employee resource groups at companies, they are tasked to bring events to the companies, right? So I've been hired for companies like Walmart and companies like BuzzFeed, a lot of different companies to come and talk to their employees about all types of topics. Networking is really important. Having a robust LinkedIn presence is very important. I've gotten so many speaking engagements from LinkedIn. Make your LinkedIn legit. Put your articles that you've been featured in, awards that you've won, research that you've done, like any kind of accolades that you have to continue to qualify you as a thought leader. That's really important. And then from a deal perspective, like finalizing those deals, you can either do it yourself, review those contracts, go back and forth with the budget, or you can hire a speaking agency that can get you speaking gigs, or you can hire a talent manager. So some of my speaking engagements have come through my talent agent. Some of them have come organically through social media or search. You know, this is why having like a blog is really important because a lot of people that are looking for speakers will go on the internet, they'll go on Google. And if you don't have a website, you're not going to really come off as super legit. So having a professional looking website is really important. And as far as the negotiations, I'm just like, well, this is my price. You know, at this point, my price is my price. If you're first starting out as a speaker, and you don't have like a lot of references that you can use, it's going to take some trial and error for you to figure out like what your price point is. I would even suggest, you know, maybe the first one or two speaking engagements you do for a very low cost or even free just to get yourself comfortable with owning that identity. And then after that, it's really a matter of asking for what you want to get paid, right? The more you grow, the more your audience grows, the more you're featured in publications, the more you expand, the more you can absolutely charge. I definitely recommend do not ever be the first person to throw a number out for a speaking engagement. Let them tell you what their budget is. And then you start from there. Because if you accidentally lowball yourself by just giving them a number that's like way lower 
than what you were actually gonna be able to get paid, then you just shot yourself in the foot. Let the people who have contacted you tell you what they have allocated and see if you can work from there. Will you have a podcast course this year? Yes, I will absolutely have a podcast course this year. It already has a name. It already has an outline. I will be launching that first quarter of 2024. So make sure that you join my email list by heading to the link in my bio so that you can get exclusive access to my podcast course as soon as it launches. It's going to have a really affordable beta price just for the first cohort. So make sure that you dive into that. Would you recommend target date funds versus S&P 500 index funds? I think it really just depends on kind of how hands-on you want to be. The reason why I say that is because a target date fund will self-adjust. It's like a set it and forget it investment. And so you literally pick a target date fund based on the year that you want to retire on or around there and it does its thing. So you, all you have to do is just automate your investments and keep it going. With an S&P 500 index fund, yes, you are diversified, but you're only diversified in the top 500 companies in the United States. You don't have any international exposure. You don't have any exposure to like startups. You don't have any exposure to commodities. You don't have any exposure to alternative investments, real estate, anything like that. So I would definitely recommend if you're going to invest in an S&P 500 index fund, that cannot be your only investment. It has to be one of four to seven different funds that you invest in. I like to kind of diversify my funds at least with three different ones. One that focuses on the US market, one that focuses on ex-US, so international, and one that focuses on either real estate or some sort of alternative, you know, common commodities or something like that. And I'm not a big bond investor, but as I get older, that's obviously something that I'm going to have to explore as well. I think if you want to go with a target date fund, it's the easiest way to invest in a diversified way without you having to really pick and choose your investments. Am I doing any course content in Spanish? No, I will not be doing course content in Spanish just because I am not competent enough to like do all of that in Spanish. So my Spanish resource is going to be my book that's going to be coming out in Spanish. And I'm really excited about that because who knows? Who knows what opportunities that's going to bring up. I have many ideas, no money, and not execution of the money. Procrastination is present. Any advice? Stop making excuses. Procrastination is just you making excuses for the fact that you do not believe in yourself. When we procrastinate something, it's either because we feel like we're not capable of doing the thing that we've been asked of, or it's just not important enough to us. When you make something important to you, you figure that shit out. You will prioritize it. You will not come up with excuses for it. So if you're procrastinating, it's either you don't really care about the thing that you want to do or the thing that you say you want to do, or you need to work on your inner self-confidence in order for you to get out of your own way. When it comes to having trust in yourself to complete the thing that you want to do. It's all about you keeping your word to yourself. It's all about you literally saying, I am worth the thing that I want. Whether that is, I am worth starting a business. I am worth starting to invest. I am worth quitting this fucking career because my life is worth more than this and I don't want to do this shit anymore. You have to first believe in the thing that you want before you're actually going to do anything towards it. So working on your mindset, listen to the podcast, start doing things to actually boost your confidence. If you're too freaked out about investing money in a program to start a side hustle, let's say, start listening to a podcast for free. You don't need to have money to start something. Y'all, I started my podcast for free 99. I downloaded the Anchor app, which is now Spotify for podcasters. I used my little Apple earbuds and I started a podcast that now is a five-time award-winning podcast. Let's stop making excuses that everything costs money. You watching a YouTube video doesn't cost any money. You listening to a podcast doesn't cost any money. You going to the library and getting a free book does not cost any money. What you have to understand is you're gonna either pay either way when you wanna do something. You're either gonna pay something 
somebody to get you there faster, a coach, a consultant, a service provider, or you're going to pay with your time. You're probably going to make more mistakes doing shit on your own. I've DIY'd my way to most of my career. It's only in the last two years that I've gotten comfortable with the idea of hiring other people who are smarter than me to do shit that I'm just not capable of doing. And so you're either going to pay with time or you're going to pay with money. If you don't have money, pay with time. Start investing your time and energy into doing the thing that you want to do, into learning the skill that you want to have and get around some people who are going to light a fire under your ass. Because if you are in an environment of people that like everybody's just chilling, nobody has goals, nobody gives a shit about leveling up, that's not an environment that you're going to grow in. That's just facts. You are who you surround yourself with physically and intellectually and mentally and emotionally Take a look. Right now is a great time to prune that friend group that is not contributing anything to your bottom line. Right now is a great time to distance yourself from family members who are always shitting on the thing that you want to do. It's a great time to clean out house. Fuck that. Ain't nobody got time in 2024 to be accepting mediocrity from anybody and especially from yourself. That's not the vibe of 2024. We want more in 2024. That's the motto. We want more in 2024. I have the money, but too many ideas. I can't concentrate on one. You have to try the things in order to learn what it is that you actually want to do. I've tried many different business ideas. Some of them were great. Some of them were fucking trash, but I never went into it with like, oh my God, if it doesn't work, I'll never do this again. I said, I will give myself six to 12 months to see if this is a thing, to see if I enjoy this, to see if this is viable. And if it's not cool, learn something moving on to the next thing. Try the things. You're not going to know what you're good at unless you actually do something, right? It's like saying, oh, I would love to be a professional ballroom dancer, but I'm never going to step foot on a fucking dance floor. How does that work, sis? How does that work? You need to put in the time. Try all the things. Life is too damn short to be like, oh my God, what if I fail? Hello, welcome to being human. That's one of the things we do. Okay, how many hours did you dedicate to your project at the beginning? Well, I've had several projects, so let me break that down first. I first started the food blog, which is still in existence. I can't believe I have a 10-year-old food blog, y'all. This is crazy. Obviously, I have the podcast and all the other things now going on too, but I don't keep track of my hours you know, because at the end of the day, like, I think that's a terrible way to go into like something that you're passionate about. You're not going to give a shit how much time you dedicated to it because you actually are excited to work on it. Does that make sense? Right? Like I'm never like, oh God, I got to spend three hours building my blog. I got to spend three hours figuring out how to launch a podcast. When I start something, it's because I'm fucking excited. And it's because I'm like, hell yeah, I'm like head down focused. This is fun for me. I guess I just like learning. I'm a perpetual learner where I just like going from, I don't know shit about this, to I'm an expert. And I feel like that's a mindset that you need to have when you're trying anything new. You can't be focused on like, oh my God, how long is this going to take? What's going to happen? What's the final outcome? You're not in it for the right reasons if those are the questions that you're asking. You should be asking way more high level questions like, what impact is this going to have? How is this going to change my life? What does this mean for me? What options does this give me? When you start asking yourself those questions versus like, oh my God, how much time is this going to take? How much money is this going to cost? When am I going to be successful? You're coming from a hella low vibration ass energy when that's your approach. That to me says, I already know I'm going to fucking fail because that's how I'm approaching things versus like, I'm going to figure this shit out. I'm going to do this because I can't imagine not doing this. I am going to do this even if I have to do it for free for a while because it matters, because I care about it, because it's lighting me up. 
That's the mindset you need to have. So don't be tracking your hours about how much time this is going to take. All you're doing is wasting mental bandwidth on questions that literally do not serve you. Will I have a retreat in 2024? More than likely not. And I'm going to be 100% transparent with y'all that hosting the Our Money, Our Power retreat in 2023 was the most expensive thing I've ever done in my business. It was not profitable at all. And I just can't afford to take those kinds of financial decisions going forward. So it was a great, fun experiment. It's something that I'm so proud of and I will never regret doing. But unless I have a corporate sponsorship for future retreats, I just can't afford to do it. The price that I'd have to charge y'all to make it be what I want it to be, it'd just be like completely unreachable. You know, it'd just be so expensive that it's like not even worth trying to entertain that. So shout out to the corporations. If you're interested in helping us bring more live events to the Latino community when it comes to personal finance, I'm all ears. In the meantime, I am going to be working on a book tour because obviously, my book comes out next year and I want to meet y'all. I want to sign some books. I want to take some pictures, talk to you about the book, beginning stages of planning that. So if you want me to come to your city, send me a DM, respond to my newsletter. When you get my email, we're actually going to do a survey to see where most of our listeners are and uh, probably pick like seven to 10 cities that we're going to go and visit. New York city will definitely be on that list. I want to say Puerto Rico is definitely going to be on that list. California, Texas, Illinois. If you want us to come to your city, let me know. I'd love to see you. Stay tuned for that. I'll definitely be coming to Miami. That's not a question. I'm definitely going to come to it a couple of different places in Florida. I think I already have one book tour location. I want to say Maitland. Keep you posted. What book was a game changer for you? Ooh, that's a good one. Let's see. Let's look at this shelf. I Will Teach You To Be Rich by Ramit Sethi. Ramit is one of the first like financial influencers that I found that was like not a white guy. He's actually Indian. He's hysterical. He has a podcast too that's called I Will Teach You To Be Rich. He loves the F word. He regularly roasts the trolls that are giving bad financial advice on TikTok. I'm so here for his trolly ass energy. It's so good. This is the book that I actually aspired to emulate when I was writing my own book because I wanted it to be an all-in-one guide. So financially lit, my book that's coming out in April is going to be like an all-in-one guide. You're literally not going to need any other book because we go over every fucking thing that you could ever want to know about money. We're talking about money mindset, budgeting, credit, debt, consolidation, refinancing, side hustling, breaking the narratives around like, is renting bad? Is buying a house good? Should I get a degree? Should I have kids? Like all the pressures that we get from society about like what we should be doing with our money. We talk about wealth guilt, right? What does it mean when you're the first kid to come out of the hood with the one that's got money? And what do you do with all the feelings that come up with that when everybody else is still struggling around you? We're talking about love and money, okay? Financial abuse, estate planning, insurance, financial independence. This book is almost 400 pages long. It's a big ass book because we're talking about a lot of shit. But I was also just like, yo, I need to make a book like this because it doesn't exist. When people would ask me, what do you want to accomplish with this book? I said, I want this book to be the book that mothers buy their daughters, that abuelas buy their granddaughters, that aunts give to their nieces. This is what I want. Okay, this is why I wrote this book. So I can't wait. And it's coming out April 30th. You can pre-order your book at financiallitbook.com. I'm so excited. So that is it for the questions. All right, y'all. So this was a great way to kick off 2024. Thank you for being here. Thank you for rocking with us. I can't believe that this has grown into what it has become. And it's all literally because of you. Thank you so much. Stay tuned. Share and subscribe. Watch us on YouTube. And until next time, stay poderoso. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you are ready to take your dinero to the next level, sign up for our free 14-page guide, The Financially Lit Latina the ultimate blueprint for becoming poderosa with your dinero. This 14-page guide includes our best tips on money mindset, budgeting, debt repayment, career, investing, financial independence, side hustles, and more. And you can get it completely free. So to get your copy of the Financially Lit Latina, just head over to yoquierodineropodcast.com slash start. That's yoquierodineropodcast.com slash start and start transforming your dinero story today. Until next time, stay empowered, stay inspired, and stay poderosa. On the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general information purposes only and does not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Listeners should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liability with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions, or misleading or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated contents constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer.